some days when training is going well, like it's super quiet in the mind and almost meditative, um, kind of like the ideal of what you might think if you watch someone doing handstands and they're moving really smoothly, um, mm-hmm. you usually must like think that, oh, they're so calm. But then other days, because I'm always trying to push my limits, um, you know, I'm like throwing my handstand blocks across the gym, across the parking lot outside of the gym and like throwing a temper tantrum. And, you know, you don't get to see that because that's not the type of stuff we post on, on the Internet for, uh-huh. for people to see as we encourage them to train with us. Today, Zach Height joins me. He is a master coach. I would call him that in calisthenics, gymnastics, body weight movement, stretching. He sometimes is refers to as the guy that does handstands, the handstand man. What he only does for training is handstands, which is darn fascinating. Talk about simplicity. Talk about focusing on the one thing. We get into his training philosophy, why he does what he does. Him and I have crossed paths quite a few times before we collaborated. He's probably one of the, if not the most knowledgeable person within training that I know. I take a lot of uh, knowledge and inspiration from him. He got me challenged during the podcast and that takes quite a bit to do training wise and uh, I think you will love this if you're into training, if you're into calisthenics especially, body weight, gymnastics, we go deep and Zach is phenomenal at it, even CrossFit, I mean that's both of our foundation to some degree. So enjoy this podcast with Zach Height, number 37. Zach, amazing to have you on. It's been a long time coming. Finally, the, um, what should I say? The gift is out to be revealed to the world, in my opinion, in my eyes. I call you a master trainer. You're more humble yourself. Uh, Zach, who who are you and what do you do? Like, What, what change are you making in this world in, in a short summary? We'll kick it off from there. Oh, Sebastian, it's it's good to be here. First, let me say that I know you've been trying to get me on here forever. So um, excited to be here and excited to uh, to do this podcast with you. Um, who I am? Um, gosh, I'm just like a regular guy who really likes training and exercise and just like physical movement. Um, right now, what I do is um, I coach online, so I help people kind of build their bodies up or build their bodies back build mobility, learn handstands, learn coordinative type movements, um, whether that be like juggling or spine waves or more traditional types of exercise like squats, lunges, deadlifts, and uh, like handstands like I mentioned. So that's uh, kind of the short version of what I do. So the way we got connected was, I don't know how many years ago now, but this is back in Palo Alto, CrossFit Amity. And the amount of care and lack or lack I should say the uh, detail the attention to detail you had is something that I haven't witnessed before and I'm pretty hard-headed but you pointed things out and that that humbled me pretty greatly and uh, in my opinion that takes a great coach Um, and you've evolved since then quite a bit it's been been an interesting journey Uh, but still to this day it's fascinating to see in your profession for you to change and shift and grow the way you have because it's easy to okay claim that all right I've, I've made it fairly high and across it uh, community I'm good at what I do and let's continue uh, there's way more to you and what I'm fascinated about is that to to a regular person 
I don't like you don't strike me or maybe maybe not someone else as a spiritual person but to me as as I'm observing you more and your movements like there's there's great just presence and presence is one of the things that why I started calisthenics and body movement myself is that the extreme presence of the moment the extreme connection to the body to the now and you go into any type of you could say especially like buddhism like being right here right now is essential into that i might be taking it in a different direction uh i'm i'm curious just to, as a lead question into that like how when you are doing what you're doing what does that feel like man that's an interesting question because it changes so much day to day um I guess from a similar side, how you got into calisthenics for kind of like a deeper meaning. Um, I always liked like the technical aspects of movement. Um, I grew up playing baseball and I would love to just sit in the batting cages after practice. Um, the coach would leave us a key for, for the people who wanted to work extra and just literally hit until the sun went down, whether it was mm -hmm. off a tee or if I could talk someone into staying with me. And I was never like the best baseball player, but I think that I was probably with the knowledge that I had probably the best baseball player I was going to become, um, mm. even though there's plenty of people way more talented and um, way smarter about how they were able to train than me. So it was a natural evolution, like going through CrossFit and CrossFit having the technical elements of Olympic weightlifting combined with semi-gymnastic stuff like muscle-ups, where if you were a skilled athlete who was maybe a little skinnier like myself, you could compete well against some of the bigger, stronger guys. Um, and of course, they would have the advantage on some things. And in the middle, right, there'd be more cardiovascular stuff that was, unless there was a big size difference, you were pretty even on. And so with that kind of perspective, I was naturally drawn to some of the more technical elements of gymnastics and handstands in particular, um, really became something that I just wanted to get quite good at. And as I got more into handstands, I realized like my flexibility was poor. I had a lot of imbalances from left to right, um, most likely from playing baseball because I batted and threw right-handed. So I was really good at turning left, hmm. but turning right and bending right um, just doesn't really happen at all for me. So by getting into this more technical style of training where it's more about how you do it than what you do, really gave me something to just dive deep into and completely occupy my mind. And so kind of like getting to your question of what it's like to train, um, how I said it's different depending on the day. Um, some days when training is going well, like it's super quiet in the mind and almost meditative, um, kind of like the ideal of what you might think if you watch someone doing handstands and they were moving really smoothly. Um, mm. You just must like think that, oh, they're so calm. But then other days, because I'm always trying to push my limits, um, you know, I'm like throwing my handstand blocks across the gym, across the parking lot outside of the gym and like throwing a temper tantrum. And, you know, you don't get to see that because that's not the type of stuff we post on, on the Internet for, uh -huh. for people to see as we encourage them to train with us. Um, but it can be incredibly frustrating. And that's also a big element of what I wanted to do with my gymnastics training is because I was coaching so many people for so many years and movements that I was so familiar with. Um, that conceptually I knew that it's frustrating to learn, mm -hmm. but I'd forgotten the feeling of what it's like to actually struggle and fight and like not be able to physically do something that the coach is telling you to do. Yeah. Um, so by embracing the one-arm handstand journey, um, I've found plenty of frustration and remembered very clearly 
what it's like to uh, to be a beginner again. Where are you currently at in that journey with the one hand on hands? Um, I've been working on it for about two and a half years. I got started seriously on the one arm handstand journey in June 2020. When the gyms kind of closed for COVID, I was like, all right, now it's time to get serious. Um, I had some weights at home, but it just wasn't as fun lifting um, without my buddies. I got like a, a weight training partner, my buddy Ken, who's super strong. Um, we normally would train together. Mm-hmm. But with the COVID stuff, you know, I'm working out in the park alone and started to take on the one-arm handstands. So it's been two and a half years. Um, my best on the left side is uh, 10 seconds. My best on the right is 13 seconds. Ooh. Some, that might sound pretty good, but for like the level that I'd like to get at, I would still say that I'm very much on like the front end of the journey. I'd love to, um, if I can stay healthy and, you know, everything stays smooth and according to plan, you know, train handstands for the next 20 years and just keep, you know, gradual improvement along the way. It's pretty low impact. Um, you have to train frequently, so there's good opportunities to hurt yourself. But in general, like the training of the handstands itself and then the preparation for mobility and moving well and being very efficient um, is very conducive to just a long-term training plan. Yeah, that's been a <clears throat> one of the greatest challenges that I've uh, started realizing is <clears throat> I started when I was younger, it was all, I mean, for so many people, it's all about lifting the most weight and getting the biggest muscles. And yeah. then I realized there are certain movements. I'm able to lift a weight exactly how I lift the weight. But if I need to balance something slightly off, like let's say in real world, I am almost fairly weak, like not yeah. that much stronger than other people. I'm like, shit this is embarrassing like i have all these muscles i can lift whatever how many pounds in a deadlift or a squat or a bench but when it comes to ordinary yeah, day, barbell shape and everything yeah exactly yeah but 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 then when you when you're doing the regular type of day stuff um or like i remember being wrestled down by one of my best friends because he sized me up when i came back from the u.s one year He's like, oh, you think you're so big? And he just took me down. And I'm like, fuck, man. <laughs> like how, how, um, I think that's one of the greatest things that, or I think the, the path that I'm on right now, how do you make your, your strength functional in ordinary life? Like you, you can, if anything were to happen, like I would take such great pride in like, let's say if we're, we're hiking my wife and I on a trail and there's a, there's a tree that's fallen down. I'm like, oh yeah time to get to action and moving that tree and no one else is able to move that tree and i'm like okay thank you deadlifts but then when it comes to moving a person or moving my own body weight um i couldn't do it and that's how i started more on the on the calisthenics route based in, in combination with the with the meditative uh, presence approach because i realized if i'm able to just bang out uh, the the reps and get the uh adrenaline rushing all right i'm in the zone but then yeah it's not so applicable to anything else in my life. I'm like, okay, this this is becoming a crutch that I'm using, but it's, it's I'm not a holistic person. Um, so I feel like there's so much of the mind in the same time that you train when you're when you're doing calisthenics, um, and it's it's also, I mean, there's there's been several studies. I remember especially one talk that uh, his name is Ben Greenfield. He was. He's considering himself fairly fit and he was at this uh, expo and there was this fitness competition and he thought okay i'll beat this guy what, what like any guy who who shows up and the guy who won the competition i had a ben greenfield 
only did a very, you could say, advanced version of yoga with a lot of long static holds. And this is what I'm realizing now, having done this for, I don't know, over two years, is what I, what I needed to do with barbells and heavy weights, I'm able to accomplish, at least for the upper body, the lower body, that there's, there's no getting away from, in my opinion, uh, sometimes heavy weights. But, but the upper body, static holds, is freaking king. Um, so I'm, I'm going off a bit of a tangent here, but it's, it's to, it's to, it's to highlight the, I think the, what, what I used to see and what a lot of people might see as that, that calisthenics is, oh, it's only for, for people who have done things for a long time. Oh, I will get skinny and weak if I do it. Uh, maybe you can share your journey, what it's been like for you, because you can still put up some pretty heavy, heavy weights, even though you only do handstands as you call yourself the handstand guy. Yeah, it's semi semi respected hand balancer on Instagram. Um, maybe I'm semi respected now. I don't know yet. I'm working towards semi respected. Um, hopefully one day. Um, you brought up some really good points just about like variety of training, um, and so like kind of going back to what you were talking about lifting with the bar. I felt very similar um, through my journey with Olympic weightlifting. Right, if I nail the snatch or a clean. Um, perfectly it's like I, my body didn't even feel it right like mm. stretch reflex everything is lined up bones are stacked stand up no problem but just like a little bit off and it's like ice picks in the knees back mm. is tweaked for three weeks can't mm. tie my shoes um and like a lift where if you watched in the video it, like you wouldn't even say that i did anything wrong um so like that kind of feeling of like this can't be good for me right like i'm not even 30 years old and i'm already feeling like this like this can't be good and so that really led me to wanting to kind of make that change into something different um can you kind of refresh me on the end part of the question i was i was kind of latched onto that part and just wanted to to bring that up yeah the when you're in your training um i guess that I, I, we're, it's okay to j jump off a different tangent. I guess my question is, yeah, is actually let's let's bring it back to your post of of that I referred to on Instagram when you said in, in 2019 you went into uh, you started realizing what you were saying right now with weightlifting, like you 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 were not healthy anymore, like to yeah. or you realize you're not healthy to any regular person they're like you're freaking insane like look at you zach like you look like a beast you lift a bunch of weights how are you not healthy like can you tell us about why you consider yourself not being healthy in the realizations that you made back then yeah so um how do you define health right like our health is health the markers on a test that the doctor gives you um or is health your ability to move in the environment is health how you feel, right? Is it a combination of all of these things? And I think it's a combination of, of many factors. Um, and so for me, when I was saying that I wasn't healthy, it was basically like I could do these very specific tasks, but like, you know, it took me an hour to get warmed up. And then afterwards, when I cooled back down, I felt terrible. Mm. And like, you know, I'm not 
a scientist or a biologist or or anything like that but i know enough about the human body to understand like how the wear and tear builds up and how over long periods of time if you just keep hammering something and keeping joints inflamed um, they're going to become arthritic they're going to become stiff and tight and as you get older you're going to be hobbling around Mm -hmm. um, like someone who's been in a ton of motorcycle crashes Um, but all i all i would have done was just like lift weights like a bonehead and so like I guess just like a part of getting older, right? You start thinking about time in a different way and what's important to you today changes very much compared to like what's important to you today when you're, you know, 22 years old, right? What's important to you today when you're 22 is probably like something that's going to happen 15 minutes from now. Whereas Mm. like now I'm 38 years old. So what's important to me today is like, I'm plotting out like five, 10, 15, 20 years in the future and even further. Um, what do I want to do? What do I want to accomplish? How do I want to feel when I do it? And so thinking about being unhealthy, was just that concept of being in constant pain and understanding that I knew what I was doing and still just like banging my head against the wall anyway, just because I had these arbitrary goals of wanting to squat 400 pounds. And my best back squat ever was 180 kilos, which is 396 pounds um, back around 2014 or 15. And, you know, like four years later, I'm still like struggling to like try to make this happen. And it's just mm-hmm. like, what's what's the point, right? Like mm-hmm. no one cares. No, like, the, like if I tell someone I squatted 396 versus 400, like, are they not going to be my friend anymore? Like it it was completely irrational. Hmm. And I don't know if, if you've trained a lot before, like this, what I'm saying might make sense. Um, And if not, you may be like, what's this guy even talking about? Um, Why would you ever care what some, what your numbers are, right? Like, wouldn't you just want to feel good? Um, So they probably wouldn't be listening too long into this podcast regardless. So geek out. Yeah, that's true. So if you're still here, (laughs) you kind of get what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, it just came down to like the reason I got into CrossFit in the first place is because like I wanted to be healthy and fit. And so I started to really analyze like what is healthy, what is fit. Um, and so for me, like that's feeling good. That's being in a position where your mind is open and you're learning. Um, it's all those blood markers and all that stuff, right? So you're sleeping well, eating, eating healthy and, and, and like you're not about to have a heart attack and all that stuff. But like mainly for me, it's just about like learning and teaching my body to do things in the most efficient way possible um, so that I'm always growing rather than just like a spearhead fired in one direction. I'm mm-hmm. like like this growing, expanding bubble that that's like constantly expanding into like a wider berth of, of knowledge and capacity. Mm-hmm. So you made it to regionals. Do you mind telling us a little, little bit about the fuel, the motivation you had back then to make it as far as possible in CrossFit? And what was that journey like? And what, why did you stop competing? Um, yeah, so in 2011, I made it to the regionals for the first time. And It was fun and exciting training for it at the time, right? I was pretty new to CrossFit. I had started in 2009 and had been semi-aware of the um, sectionals and the process for going to the CrossFit Games in 2010. But even even then, I was still pretty much so new. 
that like I only heard people talking about it and didn't really realize what the process was or what the CrossFit games were or any of that stuff in detail. But then in 2011 was the first year that they did the CrossFit Games Open, which is an online qualifier. So you could compete at home, um, film your workouts for review. Um, mm-hmm. So when you made it to the games, actually, I don't even think 2011, you maybe didn't even have to film them for review. Maybe you just submitted <laughs> uh, so long ago. Um, I definitely filmed my last one. Um, it was the the thruster and chest bar ladder. That one was still on like one of my YouTube channels from back in the day. Um, you can see how skinny I was back then. But it, it was exciting, right? Because they had these like barbell movements that I had done in college playing baseball. Um, so I was somewhat familiar with some like power cleans and squats, what have you, but not necessarily like to full range of motion or anything like that. So CrossFit kind of putting an emphasis on moving well, full range of motion, 2011, the good movement that CrossFit was a proponent of was not the best movement by anyone's standards who was involved in the specific sports. Um, and not even like to the standards that would probably just be taught in a CrossFit class today, but it was fun and exciting. And then they had the girls, the workouts that were these specific named workouts so that, you know, you could do the workouts over and over and try to improve at them, then compare them with your buddies and and see who had the faster times and what have you. And kind of how I mentioned earlier, some of these workouts were more skill intensive. So being like 160 pounds at the time, um, my workout partner was, probably 230 pounds and he didn't have the best cardio but on some of like the short heavy workouts um you know he was he was good at those and he was willing to like put himself through the ringer to be able to beat me Mm. so as i learned technique um it was really cool to see that i could beat him in these exercises and i had no idea how i compared to other really fit people because i was just working out with him and myself and so when the open came about and i started putting my scores in and like finding myself like up near the top of the leaderboard for Northern California um, is like every feeling imaginable. I was excited, hmm. posture syndrome. Um, I was nervous about like what the, the workouts would be in the regionals if I qualified, um, all, all the feelings. Um, and then like, just like the training and training two, three times a day at that point to uh, try to prepare myself. Hmm. So what was it like when you actually made it there? What was, what was, how would you summarize that experience? Um, so fortunately I played, played plenty of sports and I think that helped me a ton because at the first workout, um, we're standing on the starting line and, you know, I'm standing shoulder to shoulder with Neil Maddox, Jason Kalipa and Gabe Subri, people who've Mm -hmm. just like gone to the CrossFit games over and over and over again, who I've watched on YouTube, um, you know, for that year and a half for whatever that I had been doing in CrossFit. And rather than being intimidated um, and kind of getting in the back of the group, I walked right up to the front of the start mm-hmm. line and just stood right beside these guys like, fuck it, I'm going to get my best start position. Um, and I ended up beating Jason Kalipa by one second in nice. that workout, which was really cool. Um, it's like the highlight of my CrossFit career. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was exciting and the weekend was tough. Like we had some like epic rain and like we were competing on like a gravel surface. So we ended up with these like giant divoted holes because of the rain and, and, mm-hmm. and the gravel with the deadlifts. Um, it, it was a fun experience. It was really taxing on the body. And uh, yeah, some, some of the moments I can remember just like as clear as day, mm-hmm. so, for sure. So, so looking back, well, I mean, as there are a lot of people who can attribute 
I think, quite a bit of their development to CrossFit. I mean, I'm one of them myself, and, and has led me into like gymnastics, calisthenics, uh, and Olympic weightlifting that I mainly focus on today. And if it wouldn't have been for that, I mean, there's some of that lifting in college, but there's so much. I mean, it's brought so much to the world. Like, what, 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 what would you attribute? Like, if you were to give a few shout-outs, because I think they deserve it. Cross it. Like, what, what, what are things you'd like to highlight? And if you're doing cross it today, maybe you can give a few pointers, tips of advice, things to keep in mind. So the most important thing from CrossFit for me, um, and I think they've always harped on it, is a community. Mm. Um, I've made some really great friends um, that are just people that, that I can go to for advice or that can come to me for advice, um, places to train when I'm out of town, um, and then just like cool friends to hang out with, right? Like yeah. you go places, you, you have stuff to do. So the community aspect, I think, is probably the absolute biggest benefit that I've experienced from CrossFit and then especially owning a CrossFit gym for a period of time. Um, the variety, like we're on this podcast together because of mm, CrossFit, right. um, the variety of people that I've been able to, to meet, um, from, from various business owners or entrepreneurs, um, like brilliant software engineers, um, that I was able to interact with and like people that maybe I would have seen as, um, you know, better than me or like celebrity kind of level. Like, why would these people want to talk to me? Um, understanding just people, right. It was an opportunity to meet so many different people from so many different walks of life and, and really just experience that, um, you know, whatever our backgrounds are, wherever we come from, however far we've achieved up to this point or however far we're yet to achieve. Mm -hmm. Um, we're all much more similar than different. And so maybe that's not anything to do with the specific fitness of CrossFit or anything like that. But I think that's what stands out most to me about yeah. my memories and, and positive experiences with CrossFit for sure. Yeah, I agree. I mean, anytime I travel anywhere, that's my go-to um, is, is if I'm staying at least a night or if there's a workout day, then, uh, I'm finding a, the CrossFit gym wherever I'm at. Uh, <clears throat> and it pains me whenever there's not one available or if I'm in the Bay Area and the freaking prices are $250 for a month. And yeah. uh, oh, it's I, cheap I, Bay, man, you yeah. know gym you're going to. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I, um, I was in Denmark. I've been there several times here over the last few, I don't know, over the year. And I think they charged, was it 50 or 60 bucks a month? Right. Like hey, I'm like, how uh, how are you able to be so cheap? Like I, I think it's one of the bigger CrossFit gyms in Denmark. Um, I think it's called CrossFit Butcher Box. Shout out to you, um, cool gym. And they're like, actually, we're one of the most expensive CrossFit gyms here in Denmark. I'm like, what the fuck? How is this possible? Um, so maybe maybe I should I don't know if it's giving him a tip or not, but it's but it's interesting to see the massive range, the differences that there can be in price. I went to Oslo a few weeks later, and the prices are up there like probably 150 bucks. Sweden is 150 something like that a month. Okay. Um, 
man so why are we char- charging so much here that's that's gnarly cost of living yeah that's for that's, that's for damn sure yeah yeah uh, but I mean, it, but in that, what I'm saying is the community aspect is just massive. Like I feel, okay, I come home. Like I, I can, I, I feel at ease. I feel like I can, it just, machines bother me, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, a lot of machines, I feel like they take up space and, and it, it's like press, pressing the easy button and people check out. They're not, you leave the awareness at the door and you just go in and do mindless stuff. Yeah. Um, and and I think that's a great transition point to to going into programming. Programming is something I realized at a very early age that if I don't follow a program, I get easily hurt because I'm biased for what I like or what I think works, and I don't have a coach's eye for myself. I might have some for someone else, but not myself. What and and I keep telling people, whoever I come across, if they ever ask me, oh, what do you think I should do? I always tell them follow a program. Like don't don't take exercises here and there. For some people, it might work, but but my main recommendation is always find someone else's program who's really good at what they do. I mean, that's why I give it a shot myself, and I actually we teamed up. I mean, you wrote the programming, and and that's what we did for a while. Like, what what what's your opinion on on programming overall and uh, kind of winging it? Oh man, that's such a big question. Um because there's so many like sides of programming and depending on what you're programming for um the the types of sports um there's just like different different ways that you can think about it um but some of the to just keep things on like the calisthenics and body weights track um some of the most important things i've seen is like that whole muscle confusion idea that gets perpetuated in magazines and and do people read magazines anymore that gets perpetuated online now i suppose would be yeah. where, where where that stuff shows up in advertisements um wherever the, wherever the advertisements may be um is probably like the biggest lie and the biggest false statement that you're going to see in marketing because if you're constantly changing exercises you never get good at anything mm-hmm. and I've never really done any research on where this like muscle confusion stuff comes from, but I would have to imagine it came from working with like well-trained athletes who had built up years and thousands of reps of, of skilled movement. And then they were able to, you know, change exercises every week and a half and execute those exercises as well and, and make progress. Because if you movements are similar enough, if you, have a good base of training right you can do like 12 different types of bench press um in 12 weeks Mm -hmm. and and make really good progress but if you are a beginner who is like the type of person who's going to see those advertisements and like think they need this muscle confusion stuff um you probably can't even do a dumbbell bench press right Mm -hmm. so like constantly changing this motor pattern so you just never learn is going to just be like the biggest waste of time in my opinion. So that's like, I guess like the first thing that I would want to say about programming. Um, yeah. What do you think is essential? If someone were to be looking for a program, what is essential to look at? What, what, what are, what are things that you'd pay attention to? So if they're looking for like a template or if they're looking to like work with a coach who's going to program for them, 
Let's say both. Okay. So I think like step one is to just be clear on your goals. And if you're not clear on your goals, um, then working with the coach who can like talk to you and kind of understand the things that you're interested in and guide you in directions to help you kind of figure out what your goals are would be super important. Because basically if you're doing programming, um, as a coach, if you're writing programming, um, you need to know at the very least is like two things. It's like, where's the athlete at right now? And where do they want to get to in the future? Right. And then like bonus information is how much have they been training? Um, how old are they? What What is their skill and experience, their flexibility? When do they need to be to this specific point in their training, right? If you, if you have a what, then you need a when also. So then you can kind of place all these elements together. And then as you go through the programming process, you can monitor how fast that they progress through training cycle to training cycle. And then you can legitimately plan um, in like Olympic style four year training cycles to progress these athletes to specific points so that they can be competitive or skilled in whatever it is that they're competing in. And you can do the same thing. You should do the same thing if you just have regular clients um, assume that you're going to have them long-term and treat them like they're an actual athlete, right? Take care of them, plan deload cycles, um, plan transition periods, work around their schedules um, so that they can actually make progress without burning out, right? I think the common thing with programming is a need to show the athlete or to show the client really fast progress because you mm -hmm. think that they might quit if they don't see progress right away um so then you like blast out of the gate and you may get some really good progress early on but typically that progress is either going to stall or it's going to lead to injuries mm -hmm. over the mm -hmm. next like six to six to twelve months after that so i think having a program that has a clear progression that even as someone who's may not know anything about programming that you can see whether it's just like the way it goes up every week or you're doing one more set every week or you started doing 45 pound dumbbell bench press for 10 reps and at the end of the cycle you do it for 15 reps like sort of as simple as that right should be apparent to you even as a beginner and then deload periods there should be definitely deload periods in the training so if you're looking at, at a training plan and you're not really sure what you're looking at just look for some form of progression and then deload periods mm -hmm. and there's one comment i want to make that i'll hold off on that until i ask you about the, there's there's comments you made before about being very sp specific about your goals not just, all right, I want to lift <clears throat> heavier in X, Y, and C exercises, or I want to get a heavier clean and jerk, I want to get a heavier snatch and so forth, or I want to get a handstand, and I want to get a muscle up, and I want to uh, do pistol squats and all. Let's say the whole, so many different goals. Uh, I've fallen victim to that several times. I've still have a few exercises that I like to get better at to keep some type of variety. I'm still in that. <laughs> Yeah, and I guess that's a personal question I'll ask you too, because if if I I'm currently working on handstands, I am I'm doing quite a bit of um, uh, of, of muscle ups just because because I wanted to get a strict bar muscle up, uh, working on planche, working on 
uh, on front levers. So those are four different exercises to you. And then I do Olympic weightlifting on top of that. Cause if I don't get, if I don't stimulate my nervous system, I feel like to a degree I, I, um, with, with my lower body as well, and don't get compression on my spine. I get very skinny quickly. Um, my question to you is you have one exercise more or less handstands like or one focus area what how how, how are you able to keep a balanced physique because is it, i mean as people who have been in the industry for quite some time there's that that general rule of pull double the amount that you push but there's mm-hmm. a whole lot of damn pushing you're doing with with handstands like how, how are you able to keep a a balanced physique with so much emphasis on on handstands um, I, w- I would imagine a large part of it must be genetics because I don't put any focus on physique type stuff. Um, I just do my training and all my training, I, I call it like skill-based training or quality focus training. Um, it's all about the movement. That, that's mm-hmm. the only focus. Like I don't, I don't care what I look like. Um, it's completely- well, I, sh- I shouldn't say physique, but I should say muscle balance, like that they're not imbalances. Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm imbalanced. Um, so if I were to like take my shirt off and do a handstand with my back square to the camera, um, you, you would see that like one shoulders is higher than the other. I'm slightly shifted off to the side, especially like in my side bending. Um, you would see that there's a lot of twisting one direction and then the other way there's like also twisting, but twisting in a different way. Um, so like I have tons of imbalances still and the handstand actually, um, because it's so symmetrical, right? You're just like legit holding yourself up as square as possible mm-hmm. training the handstand itself is a really good way to work on imbalances and typically like we're gonna be tight with our hands down this way and not tight with our hands up over our head so unless you're like a lifetime hand balancer who's never done a pull-up it's gonna take a long time doing handstands before you do so many handstands that you are imbalanced from not doing enough pulling if that makes sense hmm. okay um, Interesting. So, because so, you, you, usually when I feel like, I mean, the, the classic. If I did, for me, bench pressing was a big thing. If if I start doing bench pressing, I I, I tight up like the extended bicep tendon, and and just everything starts, like the gorilla type of chest, like starts happening, and I'm super yeah. super imbalanced, and I get pain very quickly. You don't experience anything like that. No, because not at all. Yes, yeah, the overhead position is very, very different. And especially for me, because um, I, I grew up doing a lot of bench press as well, like you've mentioned. Um, and and I'm notoriously just super tight through my chest and my upper back. So all of the handstand work I do and all of like the prep work that I do is just like a really good emphasis on mobility. Mm. Right. So the more mm. handstands I do, the more flexible I get. Um, and I would imagine like with how tight I am, like, it's just going to be like for the next 10 years, I'm just going to keep gradually getting more, more mobile in my upper body as I continue to train these handstands. And I think something else that's important to mention with the handstands is that it's a lot more to than just holding a handstand, mm-hmm. right? Like just like any training program, if you know that your body has deficiencies, you're going to do extra work 
to kind of balance and to, to bring those things um, to the forefront. So like for me, I know that I have the tight thoracic spine, the tight chest, the tight shoulders. So in my warm up, in my additional mobility training that I do during the day, um, I'm working on my bridge, I'm working on my thoracic extension, I'm working on opening my chest, I'm working on my external rotators with small dumbbells. And that is part of handstand training. So like, when people think of like handstand training, like, oh, that must get boring doing handstand training all the time. Um, maybe the specific handstand drills will stay the same, um, especially for myself. Like some of the very specific intricacies of the drills have changed over the past year and a half. But like for all intents and purposes, I've been doing like the exact same handstand drills for the past like 18 months, like the exact same ones. Um, but flexibility work that I'm doing is changing, like the support work for shoulder health always changes, the additional strength work and conditioning, like working straight arm strength for the planche or front levers, pull-ups, um, that's always changing with variety. So there happens to be a lot of variety in the training, even though like I do an hour of mobility five days a week in the morning, and then my handstand workouts like three hours, five a day? days a week. So that's like four hours. Oh, you say th three hours a day. Yeah. So that's um, shit. like four hours of training that's dedicated to handstands, right? But one of those hours is completely flexibility and I don't do a single handstand during that time. But I would still consider that like part of my handstand training because if I wasn't doing handstands and didn't need this mobility for these specific skills, um, like it's painful. You, I, wake, I have to wake up early, right? I wake up at four in the morning so I can do my training and then get work done and then go to the gym and have you know time to fit it all into my day um, without that overarching desire to be really good at handstands. I don't think that I would really care about the flexibility that much, right? When I did mm -hmm. CrossFit and I did Olympic weightlifting, I did enough flexibility to get into an overhead squat and then I didn't do any more. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's, um, for me, it's a really good motivator to pursue these other elements of fitness as they relate to the handstand that also has more broad reaching effect, right? And and kind of the ideas that I've talked about earlier in this podcast about growing in, in like a circumferential or spherical way where we're growing out instead of just in one direction um, has come from seeing the benefits outside of just the handstands from doing this mobility work where I don't have the back pain that was so common before or the knee pain or, or any of this, the little tweaks and stuff are just so, so much more seldom and so much less severe now um, that at this point, I probably would do the mobility work, but I definitely never would have gotten into it in the first place mm -hmm. without that initial just like burning desire for the one arm handstand. Mm. With... <clears throat> hmm. What has changed then since you were weightlifting like back in 2019? Like how, how has your, and now we're strictly going into your physique. Like how has your physique changed since back? The legs then? are skinnier. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think, um, gosh, we could just like scroll through my Instagram and, and, and look. Um, but I, I don't really... I don't know. Like I, I mentioned, like, I just like, don't care what I look like. And that that's easy for me to say, cause I have pretty good genetics, right? Like my body fat is like a negative percentage, probably no matter how much I try to try to eat. Um, 
when I was doing CrossFit, I actually did the GOMAD, which is a gallon of milk a day, where you drink an entire gallon of milk every single day for, you know, as long as you want to. And I think I did it for three or six months or something like that and ended up weighing about 190 pounds when I was competing at the mm-hmm. regionals in the 2012 uh, Northern California CrossFit Regional. And uh, still like just as, as shredded with, with no body, no extra body fat, um, just muscles just grew bigger. So like, I like to be like realistic and like open about perceptions around training, right? Like I could say like, I don't do cardio. All I do is handstands and I'm jacked. Look, you should train this way. You're going to be jacked too. But I think that a large part of it is, um, that I just kind of have the genetics to look this way. So whatever type of training I do, how I look is going to be much more dependent on how much I eat mm-hmm. than the specific type of training. So would you say the, like your core, of course your shoulders are probably going to be stronger and like, yeah, I, yeah, the shoulders are an obvious point for, for, for handstands, but what, what, let's say get into the core. Like, what is your core like right now, comparison to before? My core, core is strong. Strength. My yeah. core is strong, but only in certain movements. Um, mm. So, like, in a deadlift, I can still pull. Uh, recently, I think I pulled over 400 pounds, which for me is quite good. My best ever is 455. So, you know, pulling over 400 um, as someone who will touch a barbell once every three weeks at the most is quite good. But at the same time, if I were to squat... Um, I I'm, don't even think I could squat 300 pounds right now just because I'm not used to the spinal compression. Yeah. Um, and right now, because of the one-arm handstand, uh, being able to control the legs and keep everything consistent in your shape is so important that I stopped squatting heavy probably six or seven months ago. So, like, the type of leg training I'll do now will just be sissy squats, pistol squats, mm-hmm. um, some deadlifts. Um, some like glute work, you know, just standard, standard glute stuff that you might see on Instagram doing like, like leg raises with a band around my knees or, um, back extensions on the glute hand machine, something like that. Um, legs are still, still pretty, pretty strong, I think, but mm-hmm. just like the spinal compression in the squat, um, I would be very hesitant to try to push that. Yeah. Uh, I just wouldn't want to smash my back without going through like a four or six week training cycle to kind of, to kind of get used to the movement again. So <clears throat> why am I asking all these questions? Cause I'm trying to gauge how realistic w- would it be for me to attempt something to me, this sounds scary. Like, Oh shit, doing one movement only. What will happen to my physique? What will happen to my oh, previous oh, embellica? No, no, no. Well, I and, think and, you and, have a very similar experience to me, right? Because you I have am. the athletic background. Um, I think that you would find that the additional mobility work and especially loaded mobility work did provide like a very, ex- like an extremely potent strengthening effect for your body and that it was very intense that, that you and you would have that like completely fried like legs are shaking um like you're like dropping cups and breaking them in the kitchen after training Hmm. um after completing um like the mobility work in the handstand training so i think that you would i think you would be surprised at like the potency of it as you got more and more into it and your workouts became longer and and more of like a, a true full handstand training experience and then also i i think that 
or a long period of time um, before you need to the specificity of one arm handstand type type coordination levels that you would be able to you know squat once a week or deadlift or power clean once a week completely fine you know maybe just spend 10 minutes um, warming up you know build to a quick double on a power clean and then do your handstand workout without interrupting any any of the progression that you would see in the first probably year of handstand training because mm-hmm. we, we've talked about this before i see the ultimate warm-up to heavier lifting is calisthenics it, it's for me it's been phenomenal because i don't warm up calisthenics is my warm-up before i olympic right. weightlift every every single time um of course i do a few few warm-up exercises with just a barbell uh, that being said if anyone is listening for me who has been in the game and been lifting for quite some time for me this is radical like for me this is extremist like one fucking exercise like that's some that's some dedication right there and that's that's uh but it's almost like that's that's a madman approach but what 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 was the how did you come to that conclusion like that's it like i'm not gonna have anything else like this this is this is enough like this is because you 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 that is that is a when we whenever we talk that's a big focus of yours you can see it in your post as well as is you keep harping on simplifying things like what is the one thing like you want to focus on yeah 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 i mean like the more things you focus on the less good you're going to be at any of them Mm -hmm. right like lance armstrong is not winning any like weightlifting competitions right and he's not losing sleep about it at night right whatever you think about him as, as a person right like his dedication to cycling is clear right Mm -hmm. and he's the best so if you want to be very good at something you have to focus on it and you can choose how good you want to be at something right you're going to have a combination of like the amount of time that you have based upon like your family and work and external factors and then your genetic potential but in terms of getting to your genetic potential whether that be in studying mathematics or becoming a great artist or becoming physically capable um, you have to spend all your time in that specific endeavor or you're not going to get to where you can it's really that simple Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you know if that's too boring for you then that's too boring for you so you'll you know you choose your own level of involvement um, and if you want to be relatively average at 25 different things and you're happy with that then that's awesome but if you want to be good at 25 different things and you're losing sleep over it at night and you're hurting yourself to do all these types of training um then i would say that you need to kind of take a look at why why so many things are so important to you and and maybe you if you looked at it close enough you might realize that some of those goals are more important and some of that stuff you might be willing to put put aside yeah and then you would start to really see progress in a way that you hadn't before mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's the um it's just like the shiny and new right like you see this thing on instagram like hey i want to do this thing i want to do this thing i want to do this thing and it's like i mean you just can't do all those things i mean even look at crossfit like crossfit the best athletes in the world 
right? All they have to do is throw one new movement in the CrossFit games and they all fail at it. Yeah. They all fail at it. And then Dave Castro gets to laugh and say, you know, you guys should be prepared for anything, right? Yeah. And these people, right? Like 10 years ago in CrossFit, when I was doing it, it was easy to make fun of CrossFit and say, oh, these are just stupid people doing these dumb things. But the guys now doing CrossFit are as legitimate athletes as any other sport in the Olympics or professional athletes in the world. Um, and when it's that easy to throw a curveball into, into the system of athletes of that level, um, to me, I mean, that just shows like a very clear example of like, there's only so much that you can do. Mm-hmm. Right. And these athletes are 25 years old, dedicating their lives to this training. Um, most of them don't have families, don't have kids. Many of them have been able to figure out either moving back in with their parents or getting good sponsors or finding ways that they don't have to even have a job outside of maybe coaching a few classes at a CrossFit gym. And they're still limited on how Mm -hmm. much that they can train and how much they can work towards. So as just like a regular person who has a full-time job, who has a wife, who has kids, um, who has a husband, like you got to choose. And if, and if you won't choose, like, then all you're going to do is just run into a wall over and over again. And I, and I think <clears throat> my journey with calisthenics and body movement, gymnastics has been, the more I practice that, that has probably been the, the best training style out of any training style because it transfers into almost every single movement. Um, you won't really get the compound or the Olympic weightlifting type of power or spinal compression we've talked about, but for, for all other, you can say movements, it's been so game changing of the body awareness, the strength that I have, the ability, um, to control my body in space, um, is so much better than, than anything I've ever imagined before. And, and what I've realized is, and I've, we've we've talked about this before um what's his name matt frazier is a big <laughs> he always talks about it like like why don't you guys understand this like to be good at cross it you don't train cross it that's like ludicrous that's freaking nuts it's a bit yeah. it's not logical i mean why wouldn't you practice something that you want to get better at but it's the movements that's what's going to make you really better at it i've i've looked at at matt frazier's programming and he's saying that it's just the secret sauce and it's progression and so forth. It's not a bunch of random workouts, which is usually thrown into a lot of CrossFit programming. But I still think it's too randomized, in my opinion. I'll, I'll give an example. As I only train calisthenics, gymnastics, and um, and Olympic weightlifting, I don't do CrossFit. But I thought, okay, I'm in London. <coughs> I missed open gym. There's a CrossFit class. These people are trying to talk me into it. I'm like, oh, Katie, I've told myself I don't do CrossFit. I don't do CrossFit classes. Let me go ahead and try it. It was chest to bar pull-ups. It was wild balls and it was 400 meter runs. And I can't remember how, I think how certain amount of either get to a X amount of rounds or there's a time cap of 25 minutes. I'm like, okay, I, I'll be all right at it. End up fucking smoking everyone. I'm like, how the hell did this happen? And, um, uh, excuse me and and what i realized is is exactly what we're speaking to it's it's i've gotten better at crossfit by not doing crossfit but specifically only focusing on skills and and this that's the whole 
I mean, that's what Matt Frazier preaches too. If you only focus on the skill, you keep a certain. I mean, if you, when, of course, if you go into competition, start working on the engine, but then that's. I mean, you can be a freaking killer doing that. And and the revelation that I had with that too, like you say, you don't train cardio. Um, if you have a base, if you've been an athlete earlier, like the cardio is probably the easiest thing to build up. Like that's not hard, but it's the hardest thing to really build up, and that'll give you the most bang for your buck if you want to evolve. I'd say as a uh, with your mind, with your body, like who you are as a individual, even spiritually. I would say calisthenics. That's that's up there, and and while you're right now, you're proposing to me to to elevate my game to just all right, stop stop messing around with all these different exercises. Just go to one, which is that's a challenge for me, um, and 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 with that. That's a that's a that's a lot of um, additional comments to my question. That is, if you calisthenics is cool, right? So so if you look at anyone who's doing it, let's say on Instagram, let's say any any person that uh, that does all these variety of movements, like I want to do it all. I can imagine all these other people like oh like the human flag. Everyone wants to do human flag. Everyone wants to. I don't know, do the planche. I don't know, maybe not so many, maybe front lever and all that stuff. But there's a wide variety, but it takes such a long time to getting good at this stuff. Like, what what would you, what do you recommend to these people who want to get into calisthenics? Like, where, where do you even start off? Well, gosh, there's so many things um, that, that you talked about there. Um, so, like the, like, the idea of training one thing is... Um, It sounds like one thing, but it's not one thing, right? Like, because like I keep mentioning, like the mobility is like separate training from it, even though it's like directly related to benefiting it. Um, so so the training training has a significant amount of variety. And when you're getting into calisthenics, it's going to be a long journey. So like if you're, if you're looking to work towards a planche, like you likely have a three to five year journey ahead of you, right? Like you'll, you might find some, some YouTube videos where someone got it in a year, um, but you don't necessarily know how much that person weighs, how old that person is, if they maybe did progressive gymnastics until they were like nine years old and then moved mm -hmm. and had to stop for some reason. And now they're like 14 years old and decided to pick it up again. Right. And they have this incredible training background that they just didn't mention um, in their little YouTube highlight reel. So in terms of like looking at progress and what to expect, um, I think the important thing for people getting into any type of training is to just respect the movement and focus on the quality and try to learn how to do every exercise you're doing as well as possible. And if you do those exercises as well as possible, you're going to get the benefits of the progression, right? Because the progressions for exercises, right? People have come up with all of these different progressions, whether it's running intervals or whether it's like band assisted exercises for planche and pull-ups um, they've come up with them and uses them and they've become popular because they work mm. right but if you're doing say you want to get your first strict pull-up and you have a giant band on the pull-up bar and you're just bouncing up and down you're not going to grow any stronger right but if you do like a nice clean strict pull-up control the negative and have the band truly assist you rather than do the pull-up for you you're going to get stronger so like my advice um, would just be to try to learn how to do the exercise, whether that's asking a coach, whether that's 
finding the exercise and then Googling it and like, and, and learning what different people have to say about it um, or seeing different variations of it and kind of understanding the leverage that's produced um, because so much of gymnastics and calisthenics is just simple leverage, right? You just have to be strong enough to support in these positions and then you'll either balance, you'll tip, um, you'll press to handstand once you hit these different um, loading scenarios in the proper positions. Um, and kind of to d address the idea about um, focusing on one thing. Like, if you were to do my handstand workouts right now for three hours, the only thing that would happen is you would get hurt. So as a beginner, you're going to be able to handle more variety. So maybe as a beginner, if you wanted to train six days a week, maybe you would have an hour-long handstand workout one day. The next day you might do an hour and 20 minutes of some strength related stuff maybe half of that hour and 20 minutes you start off with straight arm strength where you're working on your planche leans um, some arch hangs for your scaps and then you finish it off with some bent arm stuff whether it's ring dips handstand push-up variations and some pull-ups and then the third day you might do um, a leg session and then finish that leg session rather than doing traditional accessory work like lunges and, and stiff leg deadlifts, you might finish it off with hip mobility, hamstring mobility, stretching, right? And then you could repeat those workouts again for the fourth, fifth, sixth day of the, of the week. And then just kind of rinse, wash, repeat that progressing time on your holds or reps or a number of sets to increase your training volume to build up, um, you know, a training response and grow stronger over the next four to six weeks. And then after six weeks, you can make a slight change to the program to either change the exercises, reduce the assistance, um, add weight to exercises that are appropriate to do so, what have you. Mm. I think um, I'll give give some shout outs here. What I would say is, is probably fine if you're completely new. I think CrossFit has a good approach to it. Um, to, to have variety because I think that's one of the main things is kind of trying out to see what you like because some of these movements you probably like more than others and if you're going to stick with it it's important that you like it uh, there is one what's his name Dusty remind me of his name Highland yeah he has a he has a cool program on Train Heroic that you can check out um, that's, that's a good intro if you haven't if you haven't dabbled with gymnastics or calisthenics before there are are there any other people that you think that they're interesting um i mean obviously you should check out my stuff and if you want coaching i do one-to-one -one coaching and that's that's going to be whether you choose me or someone else one-to-one -one coaching is going to be the best opportunity um, because they're going to be able to assess you and identify what you actually need and by understanding what you need and explaining it to you, why they program the way they do, whether they program a lot of variety or they program a lot of consistent training, um, whatever they think is appropriate for you, um, you're gonna have an explanation to why that is and understanding why something is happening. In my experience for myself and for the clients that I work with, gives it a lot of buy-in. It makes you much less worried about whether something is boring or exciting because you're much more focused on like the process and how it's going to work. Um, yeah. I was going to get to that point. <laughs> yeah. But, but in terms yeah. of like, so I can say like people that, that I follow <clears throat> um, online that I just like, I, I just really like how either how they explain stuff um, or 
their personalities. Um, so like one person who I've never worked with, but I, I would love to work with um, one day to, to have her coach me. Um, Acro Megan is her is her handle on Instagram. And um, she comes up with just like really cool drills. Like she'll she'll just make up a drill, like have a client who's, you know, trying trying to learn something and she'll just legit like make up a drill. And she's like, hey, here's this drill that I made up to help my client. And like, to me, that just shows that she's not, I don't, I don't know this person at all. I'm not, you know, anything like that. But um, just from being a, an outside observer, that shows me that she has an understanding of training in a way that she can truly adapt the skills that she's trying to teach mm-hmm. to the client in question rather than just saying like all right i have these six exercises you're going to get five reps of this one you're going to get 10 reps of this one you're going to get 12 reps of this one and that's going to make you ready for the fourth progression in this series um, that's a template right that might work for some people it's probably not going to work for most people so coaches that but- can like legitimately tailor their programming and their skills and their progressions in a way that meets the athlete's needs um that's much more something i'm interested in sure yeah i mean over our conversations we know know you're all about the the uh, the customized approach and i love that too um i'm i'm saying there are quite a few people who are not ready sometimes to dive head first yeah and they just want to dip their toes and that's what i was saying like the dusty highland program on train heroic uh, yeah, I think yeah, it, yeah. it can I be a good really intro, but any of those programs. Um, yeah, but what I'm what I'm saying is because this would I was going to make a transition into um, this is what we talked about and that I've been trying to encourage you put out there. Maybe you're it's in the works um, an ongoing continuous calisthenics program where maybe there's hey there's there's intro workouts on train heroic still waiting for that to come out and maybe there's yeah, going to be one yeah. train maybe there's going to be one handstand specific one that you're going to be releasing because you have at least one customer here that you're speaking to right now yeah. um but then so, that that is that is a good like hands-off approach if you don't want the one-on-one coaching but if you really right. want to like if you want if you want like really get results and really all right you know what you want I mean, Zach is is phenomenal, and 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 we've done that work together, and and some, and I'll just I'll, I'll put a, uh, um, I'll, I'll put a good word in for your programming here, because and that this is what we collaborated is is the amount of nuances you put into the programming is very subtle, but it shifts and it makes for great progress. Like it doesn't have to be a massive amount of variety, like we spoke to tying it back into earlier in in our conversation. It doesn't have to be all these different exercises but it can be nuances of that exercise and that keeps you still fresh engaged not bored sometimes which i feel like i get because i do the same exercises all the time um but there these slight nuances and sometimes that the wave effect that you've had for the programming of sometimes like you start with two sets one week and then there's three sets the next week um or like i think what was it three sets then four sets and then back to three sets like there's the the, the wave yeah. type of programming. Yeah, depending depending on the exercises, you might go six, eight, ten, or eight, ten, twelve, and then deload. Or yeah, if you're doing like a six week cycle rather than a four week cycle, you may do like four or five two, four or five two. And I, and like I think that. that's 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 fascinating. It's a fascinating approach that I haven't seen any other program or coach take. Um, but uh, yeah, but back to the question of uh, will we be seeing some more? We've seen the 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 mobility program that you released. Will will there be any? 
any body weight calisthenics programs gymnastic programs yeah so like a, a lot of that stuff that you talked about um I, I have a ton of ideas around i would love to create a progressive program that people can kind of get on board with and follow gradually and and get feedback in the process um, so i'm kind of weighing in my head how exactly do i create this program um do some marking around it so that there's a good base of people who start when it starts right because if you come on into the middle of like a year-long program um, you come in in week or month five um, your experience is going to be a lot different than the person who started in the beginning of it so there's a lot of logistical hurdles from that respect and then just based upon my personality um, i'm going to want to be able to give feedback whether it's creating a forum um, like a facebook group or something within train heroic specifically where i can communicate with the people and find out what they're struggling with and then make some type of content to like supply the needs of those clients whether that me means adjusting programming for the future um, as we progress right if people are progressing really quickly right maybe providing more options for faster progression if people are struggling with stuff maybe providing more options for different like lateral progressions right where we're coming at the same skills from a different angle but not necessarily like a harder more intense angle um, so there's, there's a lot of lot of stuff like that um, and that stuff's pretty easy to manage as you go through because you're just like oh they're not getting the skill let's try it a different way that's pretty simple but just putting it all together. Um, that's something I've been thinking about a lot. And I do have some templates now, which I was pretty resistant towards just because I feel like templates can't possibly supply the needs of everyone. But like you mentioned, um, a lot of people aren't ready to make that commitment mm. to one-to-one -one coaching, um, whether it's the just accountability of it purely um, or like the financial cost is quite a bit higher than any templates um, you're, you're gonna have to deal with when you're working one-to-one -one with somebody. So trying to kind of like create those templates to give people opportunities to train with good programming that's functional even if it's not quite as good as if someone was one-to-one -one watching your videos and giving yeah. you direct feedback um, is something that i'm starting to embrace and um, i've gotten some pretty good feedback from from a lot of people who've bought the programs and Amazing. experienced some good progressions with their mobility and handstands and what have you um, in terms of a calisthenics program um yeah i think honestly like you know i got that like imposter syndrome so i see so many people out there who are much more advanced than me with their programs i'm like why wouldn't why would people want to buy mine why wouldn't they just go buy like Simonster monster strengths program that dude's a beast right like why why would they come to me and so like you know at some some point i'll get around to it and i'll probably start with just like some like introductory skills like people who want to get their first push-up people who want to get their first pull-up and uh, try to really embrace that audience because I think that training is very simple and probably doesn't need one-to-one -one coaching, but it does need solid progression. So if you just every now and then try to do some pull-ups and three weeks go by, then you try again and you're not consistent with it, you're going to have a really hard time building that strength. But like, you know, if you just do some like pull-up and push-up variations three times a week for six months, like you're going to be way stronger. So in terms of calisthenics, like, you might be on the lookout if you're interested in really just getting started with it for some stuff like that. And depending on how people react to it, maybe down the road, we'll get some more progressions towards some more serious movements, some more challenging stuff. But um, definitely I got some good handstand stuff on there. I just released a program for um, Presta Handstand for flexible people. Nice. So like anybody who's got a background in like yoga or who 
you know, it just generally isn't very strong, but you could just fold in half and like put your palms flat on the ground with no trouble at all. Um, if you're interested in pressing a handstand, like definitely check that out. Do you, how, how would you describe that experience? What's the user experience like if you do? Train heroic? The, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I've never used it as an athlete, um, but I don't get any complaints, which is, which is interesting from, from the people who, who, who use a program, who give me feedback. I haven't had anybody complain about the interface or anything like that. Um, I, I guess um, I'll, I'll give my perspective as I've used it um, <clears throat> quite extensively. So, so the, the beauty of it, instead of having Excel sheets or printing out paperwork and so forth. Oh, you mean as a, as a coach? Well, no, I'm, I'm actually as a, as an athlete, as a, Oh, nice. So, yeah. So, so, uh, you, you open up the, uh, the app, you see the entire, well, you click in into the day that you, you're, you're going to do, and you get all the exercises, you get the sets, you get the reps, uh, but you can also type in your score and then it'll also track it. So you don't have to keep track of what's your, your personal record or so forth. It'll always have that and it will show yeah. you that. And based off of, let's say if you have percentages or so forth, it'll always calculate that you'll do your own calculate or it will calculate for you. So you don't have to use your, your calculator. Uh, it will always have a video. So you, cause that is one of the pains that I always had. I all oh, let's, let's check out YouTube, whatever to, to find the right exercise. And then I have mm -hmm. to scroll through whatever two minute long video. I only want to look at 10 seconds, but I have to find that 10 seconds in a two minute video. <laughs> Instead, you just have that right in that app in that exercise. You click on it, makes it very smooth, saves you time. And I'm all about saving time and not holding, having to click around. Um, this is also something that Zach has access to. Um, so he could probably give comments if, if uh, depending on his workflow and the relationship and, and, uh, and, and the type of, uh, um, yeah, with, with the templates, you can definitely like go in and ask questions and it actually, yeah. it goes to like this group place. Um, so like all the people's questions are there. So if you were to like scroll back through the questions, you can see yeah. the questions that people have asked throughout the training cycles, which is really nice. Um, all the demo videos I use are my demos. So like whatever I'm programming, the demo shows exactly how I expect it to be done. It's not just some like random templated video that I just like yanked off YouTube. Um, Cause like everything I program, like there's a very specific reason why I programmed it. I want you to do it exactly this way. Mm -hmm. And that's how you're going to get the progression for it. And so I accompany the videos with little written explanations with the most common cues, sometimes highlighting the common mistakes. And then even within the workout, if there's extra common mistakes that people make, um, I'll, I'll add it even within the workout, um, just in the, the event that the people don't click the button to read the extra written description along with the demo. Yeah. So I'll, anyone listening, I'll tell you a reason why you should check this out. Um, I, I've seen, I mean, I've been in the, in the game for, for quite some time, done, I don't know how many different programs. And when I saw, and of course I've trained, I've been trained by Zach too, but when I saw what he did, uh, this is unbiased because not, I'm not affiliated, I'm not getting paid by Zach or anyone, anyone in his circle. Uh, when I saw uh, what he was doing and I saw the quality of content that he was putting out there on Instagram, I think when we met, or re reconnected, you had maybe, you were happy that you broke like a thousand followers. I think it was something like that back a year yeah, and a half yeah, or something like ago. This is a year and a half ago. Yeah. The dude has 102,000 followers today. This, this is, and this is what I told him, hey, you're a fucking master trainer. It's just, it hasn't, it hasn't gone viral yet. So the guy knows his stuff. Like he is a very, 
unique and as you might be able to tell opinionated approach to how you train is very specific and detail oriented but that also means freaking results like if you if you're serious about what you do and you want to get results and you want to have a dedicated path not just like something that's thrown together that it looks decent enough no like this this is this is the good stuff right here and if you look and if you want to keep keep tuned in like check check zach out on uh especially on instagram but maybe you can you can give a shout out to what where can people find you instagram is for sure the best place yeah at zach height z-a-c-k-h-e-i-g-h-t on instagram um is for sure the best place is where i, I post stories every single day almost and pretty regular regularly once or twice a week i'll get a post up um highlighting some of the exercises that I'm either using with my clients or stuff that's in my program, um, or sometimes I just share the demo videos that I make. A lot, a lot of my posts that have actually gotten me more followers um, happen to just be like, I'm just filming demo videos that day. I'm like, ah, I'll just put some of these up and then say something um, about my approach to training and um, the combination of uh, those exercises. And then I think uh, my philo- philosophical perspective with training really resonates with people. And this is a major differentiator in a world of hype, in a world of chasing the next shiny, th- shiny thing. Is is something that that makes, in my opinion, Zach stand out. Like he, as you, have you heard at, early on in a conversation, he takes five, ten, fifteen, like your approach to his training. It's not about okay, what is the the coolest thing that just popped up in my feed in Instagram? Well, let me try to recreate that and get as many likes as possible. No. Zach, like he knows where he's at. He knows what he's doing. He's dedicated to his path and he's consistent. Like he, he has in a big part that you don't see too much of. He has integrity, he has integrity when it comes to his method uh, and, and his approach to it. And, and maybe he has not expressed too much of this, but he is he is hardcore when it comes to how to do certain things like there, there's not. Like he's a cool guy, he's an approachable guy, but it, it's not one of those like, oh, coach, I'm not feeling this, this, and that today. No, okay, well, let's talk through it and why, and let's find a way for you to get it, get it done, and still hold you accountable. Like he, I think those makes for, in my opinion, master coaches. Like they, the the people that hold you accountable, they they see through the excuses. They won't be a a, a an asshole about it, but it'll still keep you on track and make sure that the work is done and and as i too i get part of that shiny syndrome object syndrome is is like get distracted by all these shiny things that i want to pursue like zach knows where he stands and he knows why he does what he does and he won't sway and i think that's such a key for for life that you have at least one person in your life like that 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 will freaking be a pillar there'll be stability like no matter what and especially with fitness if you have that guy in your corner like you're freaking set like you're solid like now you just what you do you're responsibly get your ass in the training space we're at get the work done there's no excuses of oh i'm not really sure what i'm gonna do i'm not feeling it no zach is the guy that you can just flip up the instagram i He's fucking getting it done. If he's able to do three hours of freaking handstand work, is he able to do one hour of, of mobility and wake up that early? It's easy to just flip up train heroic and do do whatever it is that you're programmed to do. And this this is the beauty of it. Like take away the painful stuff that makes you not want to train and train like a pro. 
Yeah, I, I think um, that kind of highlights some points and like the benefit of like printing down what you're focused on, right? Because when you have so many things that you're focused on, I think it's super important as a coach to like understand what you're doing and believe in it enough where you're really going to push your clients to that direction. But then at the same time, um, like you said, people are going to have different things come up in their life. People are going to have schedules. People are going to have, they're going to get sick. They're going to have car accidents. Um, they're going to have family members get sick, whatever, you know, just different stuff is going to happen. And so sometimes you're going to miss training and that's not the end of the world. Um, but if you're skipping training because you're working on something else, like I don't really have any, any tolerance for that. Um, and I don't do any contracts with people. I've never fired a client. Um, I've never fired an online client, but if your perspective is such that like you think the training is boring or something like that, then like you're not on contract, right? We finished the month out and uh, best of luck in, in your journey, the way you want to do it. Um, because I do real training and I teach real training. And if you want to actually do real training and make progress, like that's who I want to work with. Hmm. And so people who want to work that way, um, when they have things come up, that our personal experiences 100% of support support right change their program give them a week of deload whatever they need to kind of work through that but for people who just want to be ADD and do their own thing like yeah I don't have any any patience at all for, for mm. that type of stuff mm. amazing well Zach this has been a golden good nugget way, good positive note to end the podcast oh on. yeah that's that's uh, <laughs> that's the way to oh. go <laughs> I, uh, you can see, you can see the nuances of Zach. I think you've heard it in the podcast. You can check him out more on Instagram. It's a cool, cool YouTube channel as well. Um, he did some cool stuff with Marcus Philly recently. So you can check it out as well. But, um, yeah, Zach, freaking awesome having you on finally. Yeah, it was, it was a pleasure, pleasure to do it. Uh, thank you for having me. I had, had a lot of fun. Um, th thanks for finally getting, getting me on here. Yeah, for sure. Oh man, I appreciate Zach. He challenges me. Uh, he's one of these people that he elevates me. I feel like there's certain uh, certain areas of my life where I can help him. He is a true ally. I'm glad I got to share this relationship, this uh, conversation that we got to have, how he challenged me. Now it's on my <laughs> top of my mind to, to think about, okay, how can I go down to even fewer exercises in my training and uh, how can I humble myself further be more specific about how I do things it's a great teacher for sure and if you want to understand and learn more about Zach and what he's up to on a day-to-day -day basis check out his Instagram Zach height is his handle you can find all this in the show notes his website his YouTube channel if you want to be coached by him, I mean, I've been coached by him, the best coaching that I've ever gotten, and that's unbiased. It's hands down the best coaching I've ever gotten. He knows his shit. You can also check out his programs. There's a stretching program that I'm just about to start. I've done some pretty advanced stretching with uh, gymnastics bodies. You can also check that out if you want. Uh, but this is um, this is a new level that I want to try with Zach. He's, he also has a few other programs, I believe, on Train Heroic. You can find that on his Instagram as well. And keep a lookout for more programs. I'll be uh, I'll be keeping a lookout myself. 
thank you for tuning in. This was a uh, <laughs> very interesting podcast for me. Hope you enjoyed it as well. And I wish you a blessed day. Much love.